Hey guys, welcome to Because I Said So, the podcast where we discuss age and how it affects how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive others, and the conversations that we have because of it. Thank you for listening, and please leave a review to support the podcast. Thank you. guys i just thought it was important to note as we move into this series on religion that nobody that i have on here nor am i myself a theologian um we're kind of just here to offer our perspectives around our belief systems and hopefully to break down some stigmas so thank you so much for listening and i hope you enjoyed this episode hey everybody we have a very special guest today data do you want to introduce yourself Hi, so my name is Bada, and I am a Somali-American Muslim, and today with Virginia, I'll be talking about, like, Islam and the misconceptions and, like, truths that my religion carries. Yeah, and so one thing that I kind of was thinking about that I wish I'd done even with the first episode, but that I think it's easy to forget about when it is, like, your own faith, um, is kind of the foundation of it all, and, like, what the belief system is and kind of just like what um, encompasses the religion in and of itself. And so if you want to talk about kind of like the basis of Islam and the different kinds and um, yeah. Okay. So essentially we have two different main sects, like, you know, like just in like comparison, like uh, Christianity, you guys have different like denominations and mm-hmm. Islam, we have two different sects and that is like Sunni and Shia. So like 90% of Muslims you'll ever meet are Sunni and like the remaining 10% would be Shia. And the main difference is just like after our, like our prophet died, it, there was basically like a conflict about who should succeed him in leadership. And that's where the, the break kind of happened. And we kind going off of that, we have like five foundational pillars um so we have like shahada which is basically like a declaration of like my faith it's just saying like i am muslim and we have salah essentially that is like five prayers we do five daily prayers a day um we also have zakat which translates into charity and every muslim is required to give a amount of money to charity if circumstances allow it but most people should and we have salam which is called like fasting essentially every single muslim has to fast during the month Ramadan, which we'll probably talk about later in the episode and we all muslims are required if they can to go to mecca and perform like the holy pilgrimage okay yeah i feel like that is like even just already, I feel like I'm like learning so much. And I think that that is so interesting because I know like a lot of times, um, again, like you said, with Christianity, we think about like, oh, like there's these different denominations and different things. And like, I think it's just a lot more common, um, especially in America to know about like all of those different things. But that was something that I didn't even know until you had brought it up. Um, And also kind of just for my own understanding, I don't want to like compare religions because I know they're very, very different. But those five foundational pillars, would you kind of compare them in a way to sacraments? Yes, I would. Okay, because I think that's kind of like what I understood from that. But I think that um, 
Wow, that that is so interesting. And one thing kind of going off of that is, um, do you feel like between those two sects of Islam, I know that one is a lot more common, but do you feel like there's any like internal divide? Um, or yeah, what's like the relationship between those two sects? So I personally, if I were to meet someone and they would be like, I'm Shia, first of all, I would be kind of like, kind of shocked because of the fact of like, you're more likely to encounter a Sunni Muslim. But like in home countries, I think it's Iran and maybe it's Iraq. I could be wrong, but there's two Muslim majority countries who are who are like majority Shia and every other country in the world is every other country that like has a majority of Muslims is Sunni. And I would say there is kind of an internal strife between the two in those particular countries in the Middle East. I feel like there has like the, it also like contributes to if you like the Iran war, the Iraq war, it's kind of like, there are a lot of like proxy things that are kind of related to like Islam, which I, at the end of the day, I think it's pretty dumb. It's not as common, but like, you wouldn't like I personally wouldn't see someone like discriminate against someone because there's literally you cannot look at someone and be like oh my god they're Shia or they're Sunni like you would have to have like a a full-fledged conversation with them they're like no like physical like identifiers in -hmm. a sense but I think at the end of the day we're all like Muslim and there shouldn't be like a divide at all yeah no I I completely understand what you mean I think that one thing that I've seen a lot in conversations like everybody about religion is there's there's definitely a sense of um, I feel like defensiveness and a sense of sometimes pride which granted you can take pride 100% in your faith but very much like if you are not exactly what I am then I think that in a lot of ways there tends to be like this divide and that can break people up Um, but continuing along the path of kind of like um, the basis of Islam and can you talk a little bit about the holidays and those biggest holidays because i think that that's something that you hear about um and that i think has gotten more um i want to say like well known but i think that people don't really fully understand like what those holidays are and what they mean so the biggest one is Ramadan. essentially this we don't have like a set date for it it kind of goes off of like the moon and like the lunar calendar essentially in this month from sun's sunrise to sunset we fast that fasting includes no water no food and um just trying to connect yourself in like the most holy way it's it's a way of like kind of being thankful it's in comparison it's like our thanksgiving without the food (laughs) and it's just to like remind you guys remind you of like how like what you have in life and how fortunate you are to have food and how other people don't have it and it is our most holy month and I think it's kind of gotten a lot more like understanding like you said but I kind of do face like the small little questions so um no I personally don't care what people eat in front of me I feel like I've been fasting for years and years now and like it's just something that I've kind of built up like I think maybe like the first couple days is kind of like hard to manage but after like the remaining like 25 days I'm perfectly fine with fasting and um I feel like if you like encounter a Muslim who's like fasting like they'll appreciate the questions like I obviously appreciate questions because it just shows like a level of interest just like being respectful in how you like speak to a person and how you ask questions is important 
Yeah, I think that that it, it is interesting because I do think that, um, I mean, even in our school, I think that there's a lot of diversity, but I notice sometimes, whether it be teachers or students, that there's like, I, I've been in a class where teachers be like, no, like you can't eat in front of them. Like that is so mean. And I, I remember that kind of took me back a little bit. I was like, that seems like kind of interesting that you're speaking like for them. And so I think that it's obviously good to hear mm-hmm. you kind of like voice your own opinion and be like, no, like that's not true. And like, there are like questions and like you want to be asked questions because it does show that interest. Um, and Go ahead. Oh, sorry. To, just one thing that I kind of thought about like when I was like younger and kind of a little bit now, a lot of people would be like, I'm so sorry that you have to do this. <laughs> I know that comes from a good place. Like you you actually feel genuine, like sorrow for me not being able to eat. But it's kind of, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't say it's disrespectful, but I think it's kind of like off-putting, you know, like it's, it's a choice. I don't like, I don't, I don't, I've never heard of someone being forced to fast. In fact, I'm pretty sure if you're being forced to fast, I don't, it wouldn't like be considered fasting because it's like a a voluntary um, thing that you do. Yeah, I think, I mean, um, I, again, I don't want to like try to like compare like religions because I know that they're all very different, but I kind of think about in some ways, like I know some people um, have chosen like fasting something like Lent in Christianity or something like that. And so that's like kind of, I'm just saying that aloud because that's kind of like the ways that I'm thinking about it in comparison to like um, what I know. And so I think that, yeah, that that is interesting because I think that there's a lot of things that um, I'm sure people say well-meaning um, and that I think that if it was directed towards them that they would, would be taken aback by and that they wouldn't like want somebody to say, but because I think that, I don't, I don't know. There's this weird sense of, um, I don't know. I don't know how to even phrase it. I feel like there's like a sense of like, not, I don't want to say pity, but I think cause like recently we have seen this, I guess, reckoning with the Islamophobia in America that I think people have been like, oh gosh, like that was really bad. Like Islamophobia was just something that was so prevalent and still is prevalent. Um, but that was so awful and so prevalent. And so I feel like people have recently, I've seen, I've seen more respect grow, but I've also seen there's almost like that weird pity. So can you talk a little bit about that and, um, your kind of like experience with that? And I know that that's a very broad topic, but, um, specifically on those points. So I think Islamophobia looks very different in different countries, but like in America in particular, I feel like there was a rise in Islamophobia, unfortunately, after like the 9-11 attacks. And again, during, for me personally, when I felt like the heightened tensions um, in the 2016 election, and I wasn't even like, I was born in 2003, but I felt it. Like I felt the, the impact of like 9-11. It was a very tragic event in American history, of course. But I, I, I feel like, Muslims have had to had and like they've had to answer for that Mm -hmm. I you know we don't really associate like the KKK with Christianity or like like Israel and what it does like their like government and what they've like done to Jewish people and I feel like there was never that separation for Muslims and even though I was like a young child I would remember going into class and people asking me oh was was it your dad or like like sh- shouting like Allahu Akbar, which 
by the way, I know you probably have heard it and many people have heard it, that literally translates into God is great. And a lot of terrorists have used that phrase to incite terror on people. So it kind of, this very important phrase in Islam has kind of like shifted it and made it something so negative. And again, in 2016 with like Trump being elected and him saying that Islam hates us and like the Muslim ban, which like affected my country actually. I, I knew people who had, who weren't able to come to America, kind of like freeze immigration from um, Muslim majority countries to America. It was just like this like sense of like heightened fear um, with like Muslims, Muslim Americans. Like I've had so many really bad encounters, but I've also had really good encounters. Like I, I, I remember on the eve of the election night, I had a lady come up to me and just hug me and say, hi, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a grandmother. I've been here for, I was born in America and I don't like the hate and this is not what I stand for. And I'm so, so sorry that we, we've elected, we've elected someone of this nature and you are appreciated here and you deserve to be here just as much as anyone else. So while I do, like I do remember in the back of my head, the bounty, like the bad encounters I've had, I feel like the, the good ones, the, the comforts, the, hey, I see you, the interest people have and like the genuine curious interest people have about my faith is what makes me like proud to be who I am, you know? Yeah, I think that I was just so taken aback that things like that were happening to you when you were so young, which I think goes to show just how much um, we can live in these like bubbles if it's not something that we're having to face, if it's not our reality. And that was something, I mean, obviously living in those bubbles and being like, oh, like having your eyes open to a lot of things that are going on in our country happened a lot this year with um, a lot of the racial things. And also just like with this, I, I think that I had no idea that it was so deep. Um, and so like when you were so young, because that has to impact you in so many ways that I've, I just can't even imagine. Um, and I also can't imagine what that was like, because I think during the election and during these past four years, it's given a voice to those people and it's given a justification to those people, especially living in the South. Um, and I think that that is terrifying because it's, it's things that I th would like to think that the majority of Americans wouldn't constitute um, and wouldn't allow to happen, but it's something that's been given a voice to and it's this monster that's been given a voice to. And, Speaking of like the Muslim ban and thing and things like that, did you feel like there was a rise in people saying these things or people feeling justified in Islamophobia when Trump came into election and when all of those things were happening? Absolutely, I think xenophobia, homophobia, um, Islamophobia, any like anything was justified when he came into office because if your president is saying these things, why the heck can like? why the heck can like americans not say it you know it just it gave this level of like justification in like u.s history i remember learning about nativism and how like at certain peak points in american history there would be like this heightened sense of fear of like foreigners or anything different and i think that happened in 2016. yeah i i think that from a lot of conversations that i've had 
and I'm not like this doesn't have to be like a overly political thing, but I think that it, it's hard to talk about something like this and not acknowledge um, what has gone on these past four years, most especially these past four years, because um, this doesn't happen in a bubble. Like this is, is something that's happening in our country and that has been explosive and has not really gone away. Um, and I'm hoping that it gets better but it's going to take a lot and that was definitely a major setback but I think that a lot of those people that support him often don't believe that these things are happening and don't believe that he's inciting people or was thank goodness was um <laughs> inciting people um into these acts and so I think that seeing experiences like yours that are so real and so traumatizing um I hope that some people just can realize that just because they are not seeing it or just because it's not happening to them, it doesn't mean that it's not happening. And one thing that I kind of want to talk about, because I think that, um, I mean, I know you talked about like the different types of discriminations <laughs> that have been um, definitely brought out by the recent political happenings. Um, but one thing that I think that is interesting about Islamophobia is um, kind of the way that I think it, it's conspicuous in the sense of your hijab. And so I wanted to ask you kind of about that and um, just what it means and then also kind of your experience with that and also in relation to Islamophobia because I, I know that um, that has been a source for a lot of people from what I've read mm -hmm. of, of like this weird, like disrespectful questions or just straight out like rude people. Um, so I wanted to ask you about that. So I'm going to start off with like the brighter positive side. Mm -hmm. So I actually wrote my personal statement about my hijab and my hijab story is actually a story that's very common amongst like, like Muslims. So essentially I was going into kindergarten and my mother had like braided my hair and I was ready to go for the next day. Right. But I just didn't feel right because everyone around me was wearing hijab and I was ready to go into my first day of kindergarten without one. So I stuck my blue hijab into my backpack and I waited until my mother dropped me off into um, the school and I put it on. And then when I left school that day, I took it back off so she wouldn't like see anything. <laughs> and I continued this cycle for like a couple like of weeks until my mother like found out that I was like taking my hijab off and on and she was like if you just if you want to wear your hijab wear your hijab I'm proud of you and I started wearing my hijab kindergarten so five or six years old and like it was willing like a lot of people like think that this is something that's been forced on me or that I have to wear this no I started it for myself and I can I'll continue to do it for myself but however we have to address the fact that there are some like countries and cultures that are really repressive in the sense that they've like mandated it but and I feel like in a way that takes like away people like my story people who like willingly wear the hijab it kind of like takes away from that so I, I obviously need to address the fact that there are people who are forced to wear it but to go around making the assumption that everyone is is inherently Islamophobic and I believe like especially if you are in America and you see someone with a hijab on like the majority of the time they're wearing it because they want to wear it like if you were in like a country elsewhere maybe then you could make the argument 
even then you wouldn't really know, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of Islamophobia, my hijab, I feel like it puts like a target on me in a sense that Muslim males, you, you can't really look at someone, a Muslim male, and be like, oh my God, they're Muslim. Yes, there are maybe a few different identifiers, but you wouldn't be able to like navigate it in a sense of like a Muslim hijabi. So I feel like inherently I do face more discrimination because of my hijab. But despite that, I will continue to wear my hijab because it's what like represents me. And it's for people who don't know, the hijab is about like humility and humbleness. And that's how like I carry myself. And a lot of like, and to make a modern day like reference, feminism, like feminists say that like a lot of feminists, by the way, I'm one, um, they say that wearing like less clothes, more revealing clothes is like a sign of empowerment. And to Muslims, wearing a hijab is also a sign of like being proud of who you are. So a lot of people forget that correlation. If you're going to be proud of someone for doing this, you also cannot hold this like double standard, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, no, I I love that because I think that that is so true. I think that um, and not to say that and I know we'll get into this, that there isn't in some countries um, like this notion of um, I guess like oppression of like women but I think that a lot of people associate that with the hijab and I think that that is something that is such a misconception I mean as you just stated that is such a misconception it's something that is so empowering and I think that it's so beautiful and I I know um in like in our school I think that we have a very I hope from what I've seen accepting environment and I do feel that there's like this availability to ask questions and to like learn more. And so I hope that other people have that same environment, but I know um, I've asked you questions and I've asked some of my other friends questions. And I think that it is so cool to like learn about and learn that. And that story is, is so beautiful. And I think that it's something that you should take so much pride in. And I think that also one thing that I wanted to ask you about is your household, because I think, from that story, you can obviously see this kind of like love and this pride in who you are. And so can you talk a little bit about how you were raised um, just to have that sense of pride? I mean, obviously, as you should and as everybody should and what they believe and in their culture. But yeah. So I feel like in Somali culture, I was actually born in Nashville, but like in Somali culture, like being Muslim and being Somali are so correlated together like i somalia is like a 199.99 percent uh muslim population so it is very like inherent in who we are so when my parents came here obviously they kept that tradition and sense of like religion that they passed down to me and my family and my sister is like my little sister hannah she started wearing the hijab when she was maybe in fourth grade and my other sister maybe third, second or third grade. It was always, it was always their own journey. And I have two older brothers and while they don't wear hijabs, they do wear this like superficial hijab of like humility and humbleness and like modesty. So a lot of people think that the hijab is only for women. Well, yes it is like in the, you know, the physical sense you only see a woman wearing a hijab. Males also carry this sense of like humility in their like character in their nature. 
Yeah, I think that 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 is it's it's just so beautiful, and I think that um, just like the Islamic religion is is so beautiful. And diving into kind of like some of those misconceptions that we were talking about, um, I think that there is like a misconception about kind of the basis of it. And I think that it's clear to see because I have had the privilege of having these conversations that it's based so much in love and so much in like just openness and that vulnerability and humility. Um, but diving into some of like those misconceptions and what I know that we were planning on talk about, talking about was women's role and kind of that difference between culture and religion. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that because I think that that is something kind of going back to the hijab that I think is just people don't understand. So I would like to like talk about like history first. And women like the seventh century Arabia had more rights than women in a lot of like Western countries. Mm -hmm. um, Islam was like the first, one of the first religions to give women the right to own property, to initiate their own divorce, to um, have, to be included in the will, you know? So Islam in itself, I do believe gives women a lot of like, gives equality in a sense. I, in Islam, men and women are equal, equal in the eyes of God. But I feel like countries have misconstrued this and like kind of put their own culture, like they've inserted their own culture into religion and then tried to justify the oppressive, the oppressiveness of women in their country. And not to call out any countries, but I'm going to call out a country. <laughs> uh, a lot of people, when you think of Islam, you think of Saudi Arabia, and that's only natural, right? Um, it's like a huge, like Muslim majority country. It's where the Mecca, Medina, is located. It's very important to all Muslims, but they haven't had the best history when it comes to women. Like I feel like women were allowed to drive like just recently, and people look at this country and just make so many assumptions they're like if women in this country are held of this nature then this must be the case for all muslims all muslims must be oppressed and that narrative is very misleading and hurtful to a lot of muslims of course there are always going to be people who justify their actions through religion but that when you believe that one person or that one narrative a country or people bring you are hurting whatever group you think you're benefiting you know like people will look at muslims and be like they're oppressed just in nature of their hijab they're not being able to eat pork or alcohol like i've had people be like completely baffled that muslims don't like drink alcohol because it's so american in itself yeah. like i feel like alcohol is like a rite of passage for americans mm -hmm. But when you bring your, like, when you bring your ideas into a religion, that is when you have a lot of, like, problems. But the religion in itself is not incompatible with women. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Yeah, I think that is so eloquently put, first of all. And I think it's, it's the same thing with, I feel like, you can look at any religion and whatever... Um, like area or region that that religion is most popular in the culture kind of it, it diffuses into the culture and they kind of mix and i think that there's a lot of times that religion and its 
core is lost within the culture in so many different ways and it can be misused and just misconstrued and i think that that is not just islam but it's christianity it's judaism it's so many other things too and so i think that when you try to box one of them into like this little bubble and say like oh well this is what they believe i think that it just builds that stigma around so many different religions um and it's it's so harmful to the people that are just trying to like live out what they're actually like believing in and what it actually says and i i just think that if i'm just baffled with like the way that you are so eloquent in all of these things that you're saying and I, i think that i'm so excited for people to hear this um and one of the things that i wanted to talk about with you is kind of those internal things and that one thing that i know you had mentioned was racism within Islam. And so I was wondering if you could touch on that a little bit as well. So first and foremost, there's like racism everywhere. Like there isn't yeah. a place untouched by racism. And unfortunately it's in Islam. I feel like as a black Muslim, I don't have the same experiences as a, an Arab Muslim. I feel like there's this sense of like Arab superiority in Islam that it's essentially hurtful. I, I know people who've had to like prove that they're Muslim and that's completely wrong because Islam is a religion open to all it is not it is not like centered in Arab culture because a lot of people don't know this but not all Arabs are Muslims and not all Muslims are Arabs I'll say that again not all Arabs are Muslims and not all Muslims are Arabs because that is very important I have so many people who are like Arab but they're like Christian so just like differentiating that is very important but back to like the topic at hand um racism doesn't stop in america it affects everyone and our religion is very much about equality so when people hold this like superiority superiority in like races it's absolutely cannot be justified by religion i think it has to do with like culture and this like over patriotic sense that people try to incorporate into religion which never works like religion is for everyone and once you start excluding people it only hurts people yeah no i 100% agree i think that a lot of that also i think that kind of like there's that same stereotype in america for so many reasons a lot of it being like film and television the way that they portray I mean so many different things is just horrendous and so many like minorities is just horrendous um but I I mean it goes back to like what we were saying earlier with that like people aren't religion I think like that's one thing that people have to get through their heads like inherently it's like people like there there's a reason that we're not worshiping one another and there's a reason that we're mm-hmm. that we have these sacred texts because it's we're not we're not trying to like learn from this current culture and I think that there is that mix within but i mean like you said it's it's not happening in just like this bubble it's it's through every culture and i completely understand what you mean when you're trying to differentiate between like this is not the religion this is like that cultural i don't like that outside cultural bubble that it's happening within that this is like the people misusing it because i think that that is so important and it's just something that again happens i feel like with so many religions and there are these like differences obviously and all of like these people's like beliefs and everything like that no matter what faith you um subscribe to but one thing that i think is overarching is that there is that stigma surrounding it based on people misusing it and based on cultures misusing it um and kind of diving in 
a little bit to the film and television thing. Even though there are a lot of those stereotypes, I feel like there have been a lot of strides made and there have been a lot more representation um, recently and just in like probably the past like 100 years, I feel like that, well, that's a stretch, not 100 years, <laughs> probably in the past like 50 maybe. Um, and so can you talk a little bit about that and just what you've seen and how that's empowered you? So in Hollywood, personally, I don't think Hollywood does a good job. I think the strides have been made in America's like political systems. Like just seeing like Ilhan being like one of the first hijabis and like a personal favorite of mine, Halima being like the first, uh, one of the first Muslim like models. Those have been like very, very big moments for Muslims. But Hollywood, Hollywood is still getting there. I yeah. <laughs> Hollywood carries us like, I just, I don't know. Like I, I'll turn on um, Criminal Minds, not Criminal Minds. Yeah, Criminal Minds are like, you know, NCIS. Oh gosh, you'll yeah. get like <laughs> a stereotypical, like the, a lot of their storylines are based in like terrorism, which, okay, cool. But then they'll also like put in like the, a lot of like very negative stereotypes, you know? And then like, in netflix i've had like very like a very bad experience watching a few shows in which like one of the main characters wears a hijab and by like two or three seasons later she discovers as she falls in love with this like white guy that she's oppressed and takes off her hijab and then the storyline is repeated and repeated so many times in like hollywood so i don't like that i feel like if yes a hijab is your personal choice but i don't really like when they do that in hollywood because a lot of the times like the actress or like actors aren't even muslim which is in itself problematic mm -hmm. um a really good show that really explains like life as a muslim is rami's show it's on hulu and it's it's really good it shows like the good and the bad like the internal strife of being a Muslim. His name is Rami Malik. I don't remember what the show is called, but that should be like a... He's so amazing. That's a really good... Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that is so true. And yeah, I definitely wasn't trying to be like, oh yeah, like what we're doing right now in film and television is amazing. But I, I, mm -hmm. I definitely agree with you that I think when, when you have representation, although not on screen as much as we would like yet, um, of people as in like fashion or politics and you have people a that are speaking for you but also growing up and having people that look like you that is so huge i i i have never had to worry about the privilege of having um models that look somewhat like me you know or having political figures that look like me i mean granted women were not as much in the sphere but white women definitely always always and I didn't have to worry about being misrepresented. Um, and I think that, oh my gosh, I just going back to what you're saying about those crime shows, I think that that is so interesting. I think that we have to be very aware about the things that we're consuming in regards to the way that it's infiltrating our beliefs and the perceptions that we're making. And I think that we have to be more <laughs> aware about um kind of these false realities that we're building because like you said a lot of them aren't being played by people who are actually muslim a lot of the i would venture to say almost 
if not all of them, are not being written by people that have any affiliation with these religions. They're just basing it off of other stereotypes and it's kind of this echo chamber. And since there aren't um, these opportunities being created for people that actually are Muslim, and since there aren't these um, like leading positions for people who are Muslim, it just kind of continues in this weird bubble of stereotypes and they just keep writing the same things. And so I think that, well, first I want to say thank you for recommending that show because I think that it is something like, I think that these things are made hard to find for a reason. Um, and so I'm really grateful that you mentioned that. And one thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit too is the way that you feel like Islam is a part of you, but that it doesn't define who you are. And I think that it, in some ways, yes, of course, faith ties into like who we are as people, but it doesn't define us and it shouldn't define us. So can you talk about that a little bit? So I feel like in every situation where, whether you're religious or not, what, however you carry yourself is what you're presenting to people. I don't think, like, obviously my religion is a big part of me, but it isn't the only part of me. Everyone has like this part to themselves that isn't like only religiously affiliated, you know? Mm -hmm. I just, I feel like as a person, you have to be comfortable with your own self. And for a lot of people, religion helps you do that. And for other people, it's not having a religion. And I feel like we should be respectful towards anyone's beliefs or lack of beliefs. Yeah, and I I 100% agree. I think that, again, a lot of times, and I'm sure most especially with you, since it is, like we've talked about, something that people can see and something that people can make this immediate association and judgment about that people think of um, it as kind of like something that defines you. but like you said, there are so many different facets to who we are as people, no matter what you believe, like whether you believe in a certain religion or a lack thereof, that there is so much depth to who you are and your interests outside of that and in your opinions and just in so many different things. And I think that that is so important. And kind of bringing this conversation to a close, what would you say is the thing that you take the most pride in about your religion um, and about kind of like the culture therein? So Muslims, every Friday we have like Jum'ah. I know for Christians, correct me if I'm wrong, it, is it you guys have church on Sundays? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so Jum'ah is a, a day where a lot of Muslims from all over Nashville come together. And when we pray together, there are people from all different walks of life, all different skin colors. You might like turn this way and meet someone from like Kurdistan and the other way and you might meet someone from Sudan so I feel like it it's it sounds very beautiful in that we are diverse and there is no one identity and a lot of people need to remember this religion is what you make of it or what you don't make of it you know it is a personal journey that everyone has to go through and I feel like rushing that journey or someone forcing you to go along that journey only like hurts you so I feel like everyone just needs to, you know, look into themselves, realize what is important to them. And if religion is a factor, then pursue that. If it's not, then don't do that. I feel like religion is, it's an option. It is a great option. 
but it's not the only option. And in Islam, it is the option for me and for billions of other people. So I just feel like what we all need to do is be respectful towards other people and their choices. Yeah, I think that that is so well put. Again, I've just been blown away by you this whole episode. I'm like in awe of just your eloquence um, and just how well-spoken that you are. And I think that that is so, so true in the sense of, I think that the biggest thing that we can do is just be introspective. And I think that when you are introspective and you're content with what you believe, then it gives you that ability to be respectful of what other people believe because you're confident in who you are. Um, And I want to thank you so, so much for being on today. I am so so overjoyed and excited for people to hear this um and yeah you are amazing thank you virginia it was really nice talking to you you too and thank you so much everybody for listening please remember to like share and subscribe thank you